0: Holy Communion by St. Peter Julian Emard Continuing, Chapter 45 Mortification, Sign of the Spirit of Jesus Let us not forget that mortification is the true way to holiness. God asks nothing of us but that we empty our heart. He keeps for Himself the right to fill it. Self-love is simply concentrating on self, being full of self, and holiness is only a matter of self-mortification. But that costs us dear. Doubtless. But peace is the reward of this war against nature. God cannot give us His peace without it. He would only delude us. When the spirit of penance has made us a little stronger, and we love Him for Himself rather than for His gifts, Then He will give us His peace. Let us then accept God's way. Our Lord would like to find entrance into us by His true Spirit, the Spirit of mortification. Continually He presents Himself, waiting with divine patience. But finding no place for Himself beneath our roof and all our doors closed to Him, He goes away again, unable to do anything with us, So full of self are we, and so sensual in both our external and our spiritual lives. Chapter 46 The Life of Nature and the Life of Grace For let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 The life of love is nothing but the life of Jesus in us and its arch-enemy is love of self. Thus, we have two lives in us, the one natural, the other supernatural. If we wish to belong to our Lord, the latter must triumph and the former be vanquished. It must be changed, transformed into a divine life, the life of faith which animates the just. But my just man liveth by faith, Let us see what the natural life is. Then we will compare it with the life of Jesus in us and shall see the necessity we are under to live with Jesus in order that we may live by him. The law of the natural life is the spirit of self, the personal spirit. Its motto is, Everything for self. Its means of action are those furnished by human knowledge. Its lights, those of natural reason. Its end, self and present enjoyment. The law of the supernatural life, on the contrary, is the spirit of faith. Its means, the grace of Jesus Christ and his law. Its end, the glory of God. St. Augustine expresses it thus. Two cities have been formed by two loves. The earthly, by the love of self, even to the contempt of God. The heavenly, by the love of God, even to the contempt of self. The natural life insinuates itself into piety, into the cloister. It is everywhere. You may recognize it by the following characteristics. 1. It turns supernatural actions, so far as it can, into natural ones. We begin them for God. We finish them for ourselves. We let our aim be deflected, our intention vitiated. Our actions are not full, not finished in the sight of God. Thus it is the intention that makes an action natural or supernatural. Done for God, it is holy, divine. Done for ourselves, it is without merit for heaven and ends with us. 2. It brings down to the plane of the purely natural the Christian and religious virtues. We may practice all the moral virtues and not have one that counts in the eyes of God. That is a truth proved by experience. What a misfortune! For want of the supernatural, our virtues are vitiated and made barren, They have not been united to the celestial vine, without whose sap of life we can bear no fruit for heaven. 3. The natural life shows itself when we seek only honor, sweetness, glory in our graces of piety and vocation and refuse the sacrifices they place before us and demand of us. 4. We make our love for Jesus Christ Purely natural, if we love Him for ourselves. If we love Him in that which flatters and glorifies us, and not in that which humbles us and keeps us in the shade. If it is ourselves we love in Him. 5. We let the natural life creep even into communion, if, instead of seeking in this heavenly bread the strength and virtue it contains, We want to taste only its sweetness, peace, and joy. Nature is crafty and always proposes self as her end. How terrible is this power we have of diminishing and degrading the gifts of God, of making His supernatural and divine graces natural, useless, or of little fruit. How recognized this natural life in oneself, by its principles, its determining motive. For whom and why do you act? But I admit that it is difficult. Self-love is crafty and hides its game. It conceals itself, disguises itself under the appearance of good, lets us see only the good side of its action, for in all we do there is usually a good and a bad side often we are moved by passion and mistake it for zeal we think we are acting from pure and disinterested zeal when we are moved by the passion of self-love in practice it is nature's rule to seek herself in everything to incline to self-gratification by that trait you will recognize her you will also know her by the end she has in view which is to be at ease and depend on no one. She does things quickly to be rid of them and likes to do only what pleases her. The saint, the supernatural man, is austere in the fulfillment of his duty and not always congenial. His constant struggle against himself makes him hard toward himself and sometimes toward others. The natural Christian, on the other hand, is pleasant, honest, obliging. He has suited his virtues to the natural life and he makes them contribute to his pleasure. He only adopts from them what will make him attractive to others. So there is the enemy, the natural life. It is a thief, a delilah, a demon. It finds ways to make a divine life human and a life of faith natural, to substitute self-love for love of God and to exchange heaven for earth. We must, therefore, in judgment, action, affection, and in all states of the soul, adopt the supernatural life of Jesus. The thoughts of the natural man are inspired and directed by self-interest, for every natural idea has its source in self-love, which acts only in the interest of the passions. The supernatural man, on the contrary, thinks in God. What does Jesus Christ think of this or of that? And he conforms his thought to that of his master. His thought is directed by the grace of God. He has a divine instinct which enables him to recognize earthly and natural ideas. He sees into them and defeats them. If for a time he is misled by them they cause him suffering and spiritual confusion, which warns him to lift his heart to God. Mind the things that are above. The judgment of the natural man is influenced by his own interests, by self-love, by considerations of comfort and sensual pleasure. He either rejects or struggles against whatever would demand self-denial, or else he appears indifferent to it. The spiritual man forms his judgment by Jesus Christ, either from his expressed words or from the example he has given us. When these two voices are silent, he follows the grace grace given him at the moment. As I hear, so I judge, said our Lord. And that is the rule which must guide the judgment of the spiritual man. So will he judge well, having Jesus Christ as his light. He will desire only the glory of God and the accomplishment of His will in all things. And my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. The natural man, in his conduct, will consent to nothing but what appeals to him. Is there any profit in this for me? He wants present enjoyment, seeks pleasure even while working. The spiritual man performs his actions not for himself, but for God. He is not absorbed in the act itself, but looks beyond to God, intent only on the supernatural and divine purpose which makes him act. He does not stop at the act itself, but at its goal, which is God. Therefore, he is always free in his actions, he undertakes them, or he gives them up, the divine will alone deciding at a given moment what he is to do. He is attached to God alone, and he finds him in everything. Moreover, he knows by instinct how best to please God. When two ways of acting lie before him, and he is free to choose either one, oh, how quickly he sees which would be preferable and more acceptable to God. This has been taken from Holy Communion by St. Peter Julian Amard. This and other books by St. Peter Julian Amard, The Apostle of the Eucharist, are available through MMR Publishing. Call toll-free 1-877-395-2320.